Hello, it's Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church. Here in uh, January the 10th, man. Um, before we get into our lesson, I just wanted to say that, you know, all the things that happened this week, we need to really sit down and pray. We really do. There's some maybe hard times coming. And we need to uh, spend some time in prayer. Prayer works, my friend. Please. So, saying that, this week we're going to start here in Matthew chapter 26. Starting here in verse 69. It's a big chapter, isn't it? Matthew 26, starting here in verse 69. It says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, and said, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And he again, excuse me, and again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said unto Peter, Surely thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then began he to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, I just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you will help us as we go through your word, that you will do something I cannot do, Lord, and let your word shine through and meet our needs this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I thought we'd talk about today uh, uh, form a conviction now I'm not talking about we're not going to be really talking a lot about in one way convictions in a way that um, I might have a conviction on a on a on a, a, a way that I believe you should live compared to another right uh, what I'm talking about is conviction of the Holy Spirit and, and the conviction how that plays in you in your heart you know, and here we look at Peter and before all this, when Jesus was speaking to him and saying, this is what's going to happen, Peter, Peter said, no way, I'm going to serve you. And he said, no, no, you're going to deny me that rooster's going to crow before it crows three times. You're going to deny me three times. And Peter said, oh, that's not going to happen. Not possible, basically, you know. And uh, another part, Jesus said, man, I'm praying for you, Peter. And what happened? Peter did that. It came to the part where Jesus was, now I'll give him credit, he followed Christ when the rest dispersed, even though it was from afar. And when the one recognized him, you must be, you, you think you're one of those disciples, you're one of them. No, I wasn't. Another one came up and saw him, I know you're one of them. He said, with an oath, that means he swore 
up and down, that he was not one of them. But then the one came up, it was a little different. He says, you know, your speech is berating you, it's betraying you. You sound like them. And so what did he do? He immediately changed his speech and swore and cursed and became like the rest of them. So that Because he was an ex-fisherman. He knew how to do that. So that they wouldn't, I think, he was afraid they would yank him into that courtyard that Jesus was in. He buckled. I know that he had the conviction, though, because at the end of it all, he went out and wept bitterly. If he didn't feel bad about it at all, I would question if he was Jesus's at all. And I think there's a great point in the matter of this kind of conviction. When I go and do something wrong, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's in me and he will prick my heart because I am his. The day that I got saved, I belong to him and he lives inside of me. So when I do something that I'm not supposed to be doing, or let's put it the other way, I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing. Say, uh, uh, it's an obvious situation where I can actually tell somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, maybe with those scriptures that we learned last week. And I don't do it. The Holy Spirit is, convicts my heart and it bothers me because I'm not doing it. The Holy Spirit was pricking his heart. And Peter ran away and wept, it says. I believe he was, he was the Lord's, of course. But this kind of conviction is attached to the believer. But it's also attached, um, it drives us this kind of godly sorrow. It, well, well, let's read it first here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and this kind of thinking on this conviction, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 9 through 10, it says, Now I rejoice, not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance, to turn to God, in other words. That's turning away from your sin and to God. For ye were made sorry after godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Say from what? Your sin. Not to be repentant of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. It's not the same kind of sorrow that the world holds to, you know. But this kind of sorrow that goes to repentance. Um, when he told them how, not only about the gospel, that, but their need to get saved from their sins. That they felt sorry. But this kind of godly sorrow drove them to salvation. And I think that knowledge of our sins, when we get saved, it's the Holy Spirit when he pricks our hearts about that. Maybe some people for the first time understand, man, I do need to get saved from my sins. And they get saved. It's a great sign of salvation. Was, that the sign of salvation was true.
because I think some people in a false salvation experience don't even understand this. And somebody wanted to get a belch on their on their a belch, yeah, <laughs> a notch on their belt. Saying that in the wrong way, aren't I? Get a notch on her belt. I say, ah, man, I have, I've seen people do this. I got another one saved. Well, number one, if you got them saved, they're, they're, they're not saved. It's God that saves them. But the Holy Spirit's convicting their hearts because maybe you read them. One, some of those verses we spoke about last week, or a simple verse like John 3.16, and told them about salvation and repentance, and God convicts them through the form of the Holy Spirit. And they ask Christ and those that are Lord and Savior and are forgiven of their sins. That sign of sorrow of their sins is drives them to want to ask Christ in their heart so that they have that salvation experience. That's a genuine salvation experience. Conviction's a great thing. It helps the Christian to get straightened out and helps the lost person to get reborn into the family of God. Conviction is an important part of the salvation experience and the growth experience in a Christian's life. John chapter 3, if you would, John chapter 3. And verse 19 through 21. John 3, 19 through 21. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. Who's that? Jesus. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and that they are wrought in God. Conviction drives us to the light. What's the light? Number one, it's Jesus Christ. Of course, we get saved, right? And even after we're saved, sometimes we kind of lose our way a little bit sometimes, right? What do we need to do? Start over. We don't need to get saved again. We're saved. But we need to get right with the Lord. And that conviction that the Holy Spirit provides us drives us back to the light, the truths of God's Word. You know, when I was into kickboxing and I would get kicked Every once in a while, you get kicked in a part of your body that you knew you got hurt. That pain pinpointed the area that you got hurt in. If it busted that rib, you absolutely knew it. And you knew what area was going to need some mending time, didn't you? Some of you that's been involved with that. Yes, you did. Maybe it's an obvious thing. Your nose got broken or so forth and so on. But that pain pinpoints the area that needs to be repaired or needs to be healed, needs surgery. Conviction acts 
like that pain, that nerve ending that delivers pain to your brain. That conviction that the Holy Spirit provides shows us the area in our life that needs fixing. Immediately. And you do not want to let it go because all at once you it numbs the pain sometimes. Maybe you hurt that foot, but then all at once it's all numb. It doesn't hurt anymore, but it's numb. Well, that's a bad sign. That's a real bad sign. When you numb that conviction in your life, we need to deal with it immediately. Take care of that conviction through the power of the Holy Ghost and the truth of God's Word so that we could be a better Christian for the Lord. Conviction is a very necessary and important tool that we use to get us driven to the light, not only for salvation, not only to get right when we do something as severe as Peter and denying God completely, but also in driving us to the light of uh, Jesus. Maybe you have more fellowship with him. Did you spend any time with him today? Maybe the light of his word. Have you spent any time in his word today? Let's look in Psalm chapter 32. Back in the Psalms now. Psalm chapter 32. And we're going to look in verse 3. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me and my moisture and has turned into drought of summer, sea line. It goes on. What's this talking about? When a saved person gets convicted through conviction, sometimes it even affects our bodies. Doesn't it? If your conscience bothers you so bad that you can't have anything but bad nerves tonight or sleep, did you ever have a, a you know your conscience bother you to a point into a Christian that you're, the Holy Spirit's at you that it's actually affecting you physically? I have. I tell you, don't wrestle with the Lord. Let Him win. Just let it go and do the right thing. This is what it's that's what it's talking about here. We're here in Psalms anyway. Let's look in Psalm chapter 51. Psalms is a great book, isn't it? Psalm chapter 51. And verse 3. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. This is Peter, or David talking, rather. And this is when he got caught. Remember when he got caught? He committed adultery with Bathsheba and then he had her husband killed and so forth and so on. What did he have to do? He, he knew when he sinned here. When that conviction hit him, he knew it. How do I know that? Well, let's look and see. This is what this psalm is about. Let's look in Psalm chapter, or I mean rather, not Psalm, 
2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Starting here in verse 7, 2 Samuel 12, verse 7. It says, And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel and delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house, master's wives, and unto the bosom. Now gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord to do evil in the sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. And now therefore the sword shall never depart out of thy house. He said it would never depart out of his house. And when it goes on here a little bit, verse 12, and it says, For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all of Israel, before the son. And David, well, I guess I should have read up a little bit, but God basically said, you did this in secret, and I'm going to punish you openly. And that's going to be the way it is. And David I believe, had God speaking to his heart, he shouldn't do it. But I believe there's no way that David could have been walking close to the Lord at this time. David walked close with the Lord at many times in his life. But I know that this wasn't one of them. First off, he should have been out at war with his people. At that time, kings went to war with their armies. They didn't go to war without their king. And he led into battle. What did he do? He came home. And it said he woke up in the evening. He stayed in bed all day long. And then when he cast his eyes upon his neighbor's wife, all that was set into motion. And it said the sword wouldn't even be departed out of his family. He didn't. I think the thing about this is, is it didn't happen overnight. If you listen to the conviction of the Holy Ghost on the little matters, it won't progress into a big thing. Because you won't, with God's help, you'll, God will work in your life where he won't let it happen because you've spent time with him. You listen to him when he said, hey, 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 don't go in there. You know, don't do that. You know, that's wrong. But what many Christians do is what a child does. I don't want you to cross that light line, son. And what's that boy do sometimes? He puts his foot up to the edge of that line in defiance of you as close as he can get. And eventually he's going to cross it. And that's what we do to God sometimes. And then we wonder, how in the world do we get where we want God? That's because we didn't listen to that little bitty conviction back there. And when God said no, we should have said, okay, Lord. You know, say, well, I need help with some things. Well, ask him, ask him. You don't think he'll give it to you? The Bible talks about that. He's your heavenly father. You don't think he wants the best for you? You bet your life he does. He wants the best for you. And so when this bad thing happened to David, I believe it happened because he didn't look at the little 
convictions that came up. Didn't go out to places he should have been in the first place. Didn't turn his head and walk downstairs. And honestly, get on his his his, uh, his ride and get to the battle, right? Run away, like Joseph did when the uh, when when his master's wife tried to seduce him and he left the coat in her hands and ran. There you go. That's what you do. You listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit on the little things. You can handle the big ones. That's how that works. Conviction's a very important part. It really is. One more verse, friend. One more verse. John. Gospel of John. Chapter 16. John chapter 16 and verse 8. John chapter 16 and verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Can things that should convict you, Jesus Christ's presence brings conviction. So if we spend enough time with him, his presence in our lives on a daily matter. You spent time with him this morning? Well, that's how you prepare yourself for the battle this evening. And you get ready for when Satan's going to tempt you, the world, or your own self, for that matter, so that you can serve God better, my friend. Right? Matter of convictions. All right, my friend. Let's uh, have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, let's thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, Father, you would just help us as we went through your word, Lord, that you would show us what you would um, have within what we read today, Father, to help us this week, to be closer to you, to listen to the Holy Spirit in our hearts, to serve you better and to be close to you, that we can handle those things that come our way. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you. And ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friend. I hope you have a good week. I hope you spend some time with the Lord. All these things happening. Remember, God's still in charge. And God loves you. God bless you, my friend.